0: We are officially in Romans chapter 2 after spending about five weeks in Romans chapter 1 and for some of you guys that might seem slow but I'll tell you that's pretty fast going through Romans because we could take five years to go through this book but I think our aim is going to be about you know well I don't don't know we're in Romans 2 this morning and Lord willing we're going to look at the first 16 verses here and, and try to you know get the full picture of what's being said in this section and what we're going to look at this morning it really it, it, it is really uh, playing off what we looked at the last two weeks in verse 18 through 32 so i want to give a really quick recap of that uh, so that we we have that afresh in our minds what we looked at the last few weeks and then to really set the table for what we're going to look at this morning and we saw the last few weeks starting there in verse 18 That even though God has manifest the knowledge of himself inside every individual, as well as showing his person, not that he is in creation, but through creation and the things created, despite that, despite all the evidence of himself that he has put before fallen men, there are so many to this day that reject the Lord and that truth. And they suppress that truth in unrighteousness, in their own opinion, in the rebellion against God. They kick against it. We saw they don't glorify God. They don't esteem God. They don't magnify God as God. They're not thankful in all of the provisions that God has brought before them. And then from there, as a result of that, they become willingly futile or wicked in their thoughts. We saw as a result of that. It says their foolish hearts become darkened because they don't want to acknowledge God. They don't want to say, thank you, Lord. They don't want to give praise to God. They don't want to begin to grope after him, even though the knowledge of him is manifest in them, even convicting them of sin, righteousness and judgment. We saw the light of Christ before them. Absolutely before all men. And we know that men are either drawn to the Lord and they respond to that call or they resist and they flee to the darkness we saw from there in this rebellion against god they begin to profess themselves to be wise though they become fools worshiping the creation over the creator and we see so much of that today we saw that there in verse 24 it says therefore god also gave them up to uncleanness the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves and we saw that phrase give them up and it comes up more than once it's a picture of God delivering them or surrendering them or imprisoning them into their darkness their wicked thoughts and their wicked actions again it starts with them hardening their own hearts and then in time God will begin to give them over to that hardened and heart we saw from there listen it's a downward slope they start moving in even more uncleanliness or immorality. Or the demonic. And we saw the relation of that word with those sayings. They move in the lust of their hearts. And then they begin to dishonor or shame their bodies among themselves. Verse 25 says. Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie. And worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator. Who is blessed forever. Amen. And then from there we read. There's another giving over. To vile passions and burning lust." And then we saw last week great detail given of the sin of homosexuality. Women going after women, rejecting the natural that God has put forth of a man and a woman in holy matrimony. Men in like manner going after men in rebellion against God Almighty. And then we saw from there as they practice these things, which means to perform repeatedly or habitually versus someone that's called upon the Lord And maybe struggling and working through a sin. They rejoice and they celebrate these sins. They glory in these sins. And then in verse 28 it says. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. God gave them over. And again it comes up multiple times. God gave them over to a debased mind. Or a reprobate mind. To do the things which are not fitting. Being filled with all unrighteousness. Sexual immorality. Wickedness covetousness maliciousness full of envy murder strife deceit evil-mindedness they are whispers backbiters haters of god violent proud boasters inventors of evil things disobedient to parents undiscerning untrustworthy unloving unforgiving unmerciful who knowing the righteous judgment of god that those who practice such things are deserving of death not only do the same and this was a huge point but also approve of those who practice them and so he's addressing not only those that practice these things but the approve of those who practice these things and we talked especially of the importance of us as followers of christ not championing sins thinking that we're walking in love but instead championing the gospel of jesus christ and the call to repentance to call sin sin no matter what the sin is and to call upon the Lord Jesus Christ who bore the wrath of our sins and rose from the grave and defeated them, that whoever calls upon his name will be saved. Now again, in all of this, he says these individuals that again go down this road, they're without excuse concerning the judgment of God. Now it's interesting in the text before us this morning, Paul addresses those who practice And approve of certain sins themselves, whether they're from this list or other places in the scripture where sin is called sin they have their pet sins that they practice that they approve of that they've justified in their minds they're unrepentant they don't practice the righteousness of god but rebellion but then they turn and they turn and they judge others that are practicing those sins maybe different sins than they are but somewhere in their mind through judging these others that's where they say i'm approved of god because i'm not doing what they are doing this was especially prominent amongst the religious jews in that day in fact jew and gentile is addressed two times in this text this morning because this was a trap that many a religious jew had fallen in again these are jews that had rejected or had not come to christ yet they were still walking in the old covenant which was out of touch now it was no longer intact there was a new covenant salvation by grace alone through faith alone in christ alone who shed his blood for us they were standing in this place of thinking they were saved by their works and so they would see a sinner and begin to judge him not recognizing their own unrepentant sin and the lord addressed this over and over in his ministry and so paul is building on that in even deeper detail of this trap that so many fall into where their gospel which is a false gospel again is based on what they think is approved by god where they'll champion even their sins and yet then turn around and judge others practicing sin and condemn them When the truth is, they're all condemned because neither group has come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Bottom line, and we'll see it this morning. We're all sinners, and unless one repents, they will be judged by the word of God, by the living God, and be found condemned. In like manner, we're all sinners, and whoever calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be judged by the truth of the gospel, and they will be saved we'll see this is true for those with the law the jew as well as those without the law because god's law is written on every man's heart and there's no partiality with god so that's a little bit of where we've been and where we're going i'm not going to read through the entirety of the text at once but we're going to jump in here and make our way down a verse or two at a time and hopefully leave here you know what built up in the lord and just more equipped and edified and listen this morning if you get a rebuke from the scriptures don't resist what god wants to do in your life he brings those corrections to bring us into greener pastures so we can bear more fruit in our life so we can be more effective in our worship and our fellowship and our witness of the lord jesus christ so can we say amen to allowing the lord to rebuke us if we need that can we say amen to that that's refreshing Notice verse 1. And let me tell you, I get rebuked all week long in studying these passages. Verse 1. He says, Therefore, you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge. For in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge, notice, practice the same things. So he's talking to those who practice sin. They habitually practice sin, they're unrepentant, they haven't turned to the Lord. They're not acknowledging their plank in their own eye. Instead, they run around pointing out the specks in others' eyes. So he says, therefore, with all that said before, you're without excuse if you do this. Just as those that go down that road of depravity, not glorifying God, not giving thanks to God, becoming futile in their thoughts, their hearts get darkened. Again, going down that, they're without excuse. God is manifest the knowledge of himself and every individual through creation we know there's a creator the holy spirit convicts all men of sin righteousness, and judgment we'll see later in this text god's provisions absolutely is a witness of himself as well so they're without excuse and he says you're without excuse as well when you run around and judge these individuals that practice sins not on your approval list you condemn yourself because you're doing the exact same thing you're walking in rebellion yourself this is the picture i'll give you a few examples this is the picture of the married person just an example who freely practice lust in their inner heart they're a liar and the scripture says all men are liars so we're all guilty of that one And they think they're above others because they're successful in life. So they walk with a haughtiness and they walk with a pride about them. They've never really repented. They've never really fallen on their face and confessed their sin and said, Woe is me. I am foul. I need the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, in that group, there's many that even attend church. And they think that that even puts them a tier above in a local culture or so forth. But they haven't repented. And they practice things internally like lust and they lie and they manipulate and they look like successful business people. But really, they cheat and they take advantage of people. And again, they have an inner pride, but then they turn around and they condemn the heroin addict. They condemn the homosexual. They condemn the prostitute and they say they're going to hell, but I'm not because i don't practice those things does that sound familiar do you know anyone that walks around like that but listen on the other hand and i think this is important because this has become a popular stance today the practicing unrepentive homosexual heroin addict or prostitute who think they're good because they live on the fringe of society and bad things happen to them And then they turn and they judge others and they say, Well, they're going to hell because they're religious and following the Lord and Jesus dying with sinners, therefore that means I'm accepted by God even in my rebellion. And they forget that Jesus never partook in those sins. He went to those folks to tell them, Go and sin no more, repent and trust to me and get born again. These things sound familiar, don't they? We don't want to fall in these traps. Of falling in a place of piously pointing out other sins yet excusing our own sin even as believers that we practice again you don't need to judge the world you know why it's already judged it's already judged by the word of god now can we talk about the judgment of god absolutely we're called to preach the gospel of jesus christ The good news that starts with bad news. We are all sinners and under the wrath of God. And we need to preach that unashamedly. Well, you might offend somebody. Yeah, the cross is an offense to those that are perishing. But hear this, there's good news. You also might save somebody. And that's a glorious thing. And again, in this time when this was written, and it's still true today. But back then, many of these religious Jews practices. This is really seen in that account in the Gospels where the pharisees bring a woman to the lord who was caught in the sin of adultery and remember they want jesus to condemn her so that uh you know it, to, to 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 make a point concerning the law and remember what jesus does he doesn't even he doesn't even address what they're saying but he stoops down and he begins to write in the dirt And most Bible commentators believe that the Lord most likely began to write their sins or perhaps even the law of God there in the dirt. And one by one, from the oldest to the youngest, they got up and they left. And then Jesus said to him, where are those that condemn you? And she says, well, there isn't any. And so he says, I don't condemn you either. But then he says, go and sin no more. And so the Lord showed everyone there, you're all sinners And absolutely, all of you need to repent. But again, there's a lot of people. There's, again, a lot of even professing Christians. And I don't know their heart or not, where there's even certain things they tend to walk in more. Oftentimes, again, it's just a prideful spirit. And they exalt themselves. And instead of talking about sin of others with a heart of compassion to share the good news with them, They walk around with a judgmental spirit concerning their person. And that's how they even build themselves up or feel more righteous. And listen, our righteousness better be found in the cross of Christ and him alone, because there's no righteous. No, not one. That's only found in faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He says here in verse two. But we know that the judgment of God is according to the truth against those who practice, which again, it means to be habitual or to make provision for sin who practice such things. He's not talking about the believer who's repented and now again is that thing where they fall practically. Lord, forgive me. I want to grow on the Lord where they're wrestling with sin. They're calling sin, sin. This is the unrepentive individual that practices these things. And he says, we know the judgment of God is according to truth. So on one hand, look at God's the one that judges these things. Now, again, are we allotted the freedom to point out the judgment of God in Scripture? 100%. We're called to proclaim the word of God. But the bottom line, God is going to be the one that judges every individual according to truth. And so, listen, it is true when someone runs around in the rebellion and says, Oh, no, you don't. No, you don't. Only God can judge me. You ever hear everyone say that? and they kind of use it a freedom you know only god's going to judge me and listen that's true and that should make everybody's knees knock that absolutely should bring us to our face because he's going to judge according to the word of truth and he's not going to judge according to your scales he's not going to judge on the curb but he's going to judge according to the law of god and unless we keep it perfectly we are going to be damned to hell because god's standard is perfection a perfect scorecard a sinless and flawless existence jesus said in matthew 5 48 therefore you shall be or must be perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect do we have any perfect people here this morning don't raise your hand i'll call you out right where you are (laughs) oh i better get my hands down (laughs) listen galatians 3 10 says for as many are for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse for it is written cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them you got to completely fulfill the law at every single turn and if you don't you're under a curse that's all of us listen in your self-evaluation getting a 91 or a 95 or I know there's some folks that would give themselves a 99. You know, I am, you know, you know, I, I am a good person. Have you ever heard of say that, you know, cleaning the right? I'm a good person. Or saying, well, I'm an 85, but this guy over here is a 42 in my mind. That's not going to save you. Think about the account there in Luke 18. And we, we talked about this a lot. I think it's an important attack, uh, account. There's a Pharisee and a tax collector. And tax collectors were considered traitors. And for the most part, they were thieves. And they both go to pray in the temple. And remember, the Pharisee says, he says, he said to himself, God, I thank you. I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. And so he's declaring his righteousness based on the sins of others. I'm above all these people. So I'm I'm right with you, God. He says, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. The tax collector on the other hand, it says standing afar off he wouldn't even so much to raise his eyes to heaven but he beat his breast saying god be merciful to me a sinner he's being accountable for his own rebellion and he's he's repenting before god he's acknowledging his sin and he's saying oh lord forgive me of my sin and jesus says i tell you this man went down to his house justified rather than the other for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted and so it's a thing where we're either practicing sin as an unbeliever or we're practicing righteousness through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's really the result of true salvation. Now we begin to walk in the Lord and we want to seek after what's right in God. There's going to be times we fall short. There's going to be seasons where we struggle with issues. But again, we are soldiers for the Lord. And listen, when we get into place in Christ where we're not doing that, God will always chasten us to bring us to that point of allowing evil and our sin to be the wake-up call on our life. He says there in verse 3, And do you think this, O man, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same, that you'll escape the judgment of God? And yet there's a lot of people, again, that think this way. Again, pointing out the sins of others will not negate or save you it just doesn't work that way but it is the false gospel of so many but listen newsflash god's not going to use your scorecard on judgment day again he's not going to judge on the curb that you have set up you know you guys know what that is right judging on the curb or remember in school oh we're going to test on the curb and i always like that you know because unless there was that one kid that always got like 110 somehow on the test like how did you do that out of a hundred but if it was judged on the curb you know we're not looking for perfection but you know what we're 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 gonna we're gonna judge this based on how dumb the whole group is you know that's that's how it worked in my classes god's not going to do that it's it's perfection and you're either in christ saved by grace alone through faith alone and him alone or you're in your sin not right before god and if you die in your sin you're going to go to a place that the lord jesus christ talked about quite often called hell and now maybe some are saying hey steve that's a little judgmental you shouldn't say it that way i didn't say it that way well i said it the way i just said it but listen god's the one who says these things and he's going to judge according to the truth of his scriptures listen to what the word of god says john three eighteen. he who believes in him is not condemned but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of god he doesn't say except for good fellas no you either believe and you're saved you believe you're a sinner that christ atoned for your sins he rose from the grave you've humbled your heart confessed that you're a sinner and called upon christ and you're saved or you're in the place of rejecting him if it's well it's pretty much jesus but i do all these good things to save myself as well you're under condemnation there's no cult redeemers it's him and him alone John three thirty six, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life. But notice the wrath of God abides on him. John eight forty two, Jesus said, therefore I said to you that that you will die in your sins, and if you do not believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. You don't believe in the Lord. You haven't entrusted Him to be your Lord and Savior you're going to die in your sins and that death is referring to the second death romans six twenty three: the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life in christ jesus our lord so it's either you're in sin and you have not repented the wages of that is death the second death hell or you are in christ jesus by grace through faith and you have received the gift of eternal life isn't that a good place to be this morning and that's where the lord wants everyone to come to romans 5 8 and boy, I'm looking forward down the road to getting into these texts. But it says God demonstrated his own love towards us. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now being justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. That's it. We're saved through him. We're not saved by, again, our own scorecard or pointing out the sin of others to make us feel more righteous about ourselves. Listen, he says here, do you think this O man? don't think for a moment that you and god have a side deal don't think for a moment that again you're special because of your circumstances and god just understands i can be me i can walk in my rebellion and god knows i'm kind of special god knows these certain things have happened to me god gives me a wink and we got our side deal you'd be surprised how many people think like that They think there's a clause for them, even in the scripture, when it comes to certain things and so forth. And everyone I know that walks like that, they never prosper in the Lord. They they, they just don't. They really oftentimes don't even prosper practically in life because they're walking in this victim's kind of mentality, thinking God caters to that when he doesn't. He just doesn't at all. Notice Deuteronomy 10, 17, for the Lord your God is god of gods the lord of lords the great mighty and awesome who shows notice here who shows no partiality nor takes a bribe you can't bribe the lord you can bribe a lot of people nowadays and i'll tell you a lot of people are getting bribed nowadays but you can't bribe the lord there's only one way to glory and it's through falling on our face and calling upon Christ. He is the only way to escape, as it's talked about here, the judgment of God. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way. The way, that's authoritative. He doesn't say I'm a way or one of the ways. I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Why? Because only Christ dealt with the issue of sin. Verse four, or do you despise the riches of? Of his goodness, forbearance, and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. And so, again, he's saying here though you've practiced sin, God has been patient. And though man is in a state of rebellion, God still has lavished sinful men with good things. He has shown us forbearance, he has been long suffering. Again, goodness, it means kindness or excellence paul and ministering to pagans there in acts 14 verse 17 he says to them nevertheless god did not leave himself with a witness and that he did good he gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons filling our hearts with food and gladness and so yet it's another witness of god's provision and the hand of god that even in rebellion god brings the rain on the just and the unjust alike he brings fruitful seasons provisions and he even brings a joy i thought about this and it's kind of it, it, it i i think of, of of maybe a pet and you know i think of one of these pets that you know like a a, a guinea pig well a guinea pig might know but like a lizard or maybe all the pets know they, they, they know their food comes, but they don't necessarily know where it comes from. The dogs know where it comes from, right? They're just always looking for a treat and whatnot. But a lot of these, they, they get like a fish. You put that fish food in their ear, they have no clue. They just think that that's there. We don't want to be like dumb fish. And yet there's a lot of people like that. The breath in their lungs, gift from God. The water they drink this morning, a gift from God. The clothing on their back, a gift from God. God has been good to us despite our rebellion, and He's doing this in hopes that His goodness would lead us to repentance. That we'd look up and say, "Man, who's providing for me? How am I getting through? How have I got to where I am today?" God, I gotta call out to Him. The word forbearance it means tolerance or to put up with, and boy, hasn't God been tolerant with us? He has put up with us. He's put up with my nonsense. I remember just again in, in walking in my rebellion and I get so furious. Someone cuts me off in traffic and boy, I'm ready to I'm ready to follow him to the exit, and get out and give him a beat down. You know, that kind of rage in my heart. And yet my whole life was was cutting God off or trying to cut him off at every single turn. And yet he put up with me and he still puts up with me. And I thank God for that psalm seventy-eight thirty-eight. it says yes many a time he turned away his anger and not stir up all his wrath for he remembered that they were but flesh but flesh a breath that passes away and does not come again oh, aren't you glad for god's forbearance and then it also says he has been long suffering or patient with us and i think of the lord soon return we know he's coming soon jesus said that he's coming quickly Yet in 2 Peter 3, 9, it says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness. But he's long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God's patient. Again, he puts up with us. He's good to us. And how, why has he been like this? In hopes that people would repent. Despite all of us, we're out without excuse and our practice of sin and our unrighteous judgments and yet i think of act seventeen twenty six, it says he has made from one blood every nation of men who dwell on the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and boundaries and their dwellings so that they should seek the lord and hopes they might grope for him and find him though he's not far from each one of us so god again being patient with men being good to men Being so good to send his son to die for the sins of men. Why? Why is this all happening around us? Why is there people still on this earth? Why are there still again boundaries and nations and all this stuff? Why is it all here? So that we can all run around, you know, most of life's moving this from there, you know, I discovered this and so forth. And there can be a place for all that. But ultimately there's something more than that. God's allowing this to continue for one reason and hopes that men would grope for him and repent. That's why we have another day today. Because God is being patient. And so, listen, don't err. When we do repent, how many of you today have called upon Christ to be your Lord? How many can say amen to that? Listen, when we do repent, it is because of His kindness and goodness and graciousness. Don't ever get it the other way around. Don't ever think, well, I sought God out. No, God in His goodness drew you to Himself. Lamentations three hundred twenty two. Through the Lord's mercies we're not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Well they're new today and they're shining hard on us too. Great is your faithfulness, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I hope in him. See that? God's merciful, God's gracious, the Lord's my portion, And as a result of that, as a result of his goodness, now I hope in him. We want to pray people's eyes are open up to the awesomeness and the goodness of God. Verse 5, he says, but in accordance to the hardness of your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourselves wrath on the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each one according to his deeds. Listen, God is so good, long-suffering, merciful, but make no mistake, if you shun those opportunities to repent, if you don't look up and call upon His name, that mercy, that goodness, that forbearance, that long-suffering is being converted into wrath. Wrath being treasured up. You know, we think about treasures in heaven. We come to Christ, we're saved by grace through faith. We know as we follow Him, the Lord talks about Treasures in heaven. Well, to the unbeliever who rejects his mercy, goodness, forbearance, long suffering, they're treasuring up a greater wrath upon them because, listen, everyone who dies without Christ is going to be condemned. But in that, there's even going to be greater levels of wrath that come upon unrepented individuals. And that wrath is going to be revealed at his righteous judgment. Listen, for the unbeliever, it's the day that he dies. That's where it starts. Hebrews 9, 27. As it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. They pass, and because they're not covered by the blood of the Lamb, immediately they're judged, and they go to a place called Sheol. It's a place of awaiting a greater judgment from the Lord that's still yet to come. But for the believer, we're confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body, And to be present with the Lord. There's also a judgment coming at the Lord's second coming. At the end of the tribulation. As we've been looking at that the last few years on Wednesday nights. Going through all of the discourse. The book of Daniel. Now in the book of Revelation. We know the Lord is coming back literally to this earth one day. And Isaiah 11.4 says. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. There's going to be a judgment upon the nation's and then the scripture talks about a white throne judgment after the millennial reign of christ In revelation 20 verse 12 it says and i saw the dead small and great standing before god and books were open and another book was open which is the book of life and the dead were judged according to the works of by the things written in the book. And this is where maybe someone will go, "Well, there you go. I'm good. I've done many good things. If I'm judged by my good things, surely I'll be accepted by God." But listen, if you shun Jesus Christ, it's the most wicked thing that you can do, and it's an unforgivable deed. Notice Hebrews 10:28. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. So there were certain laws that if you transgress them, if there are two or three witnesses, it was the death penalty. He says in verse twenty nine. Oh, of how much worse punishment do you suppose? Will be he who will will he be thought worthy who has trampled the son of God underfoot, counted the blood of his covenant by which he was sanctified, a common thing and insulted the spirit of grace for we know him who said vengeance is mine i will repay says the lord and again the lord will judge his people it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living god to reject jesus christ is to trample his blood underfoot and the lord says those that die in that place they insult the spirit of grace he says vengeance is mine and again it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living god that's the message that needs to get out there today message is not popular with a lot of people not being preached in a lot of places well that might offend someone and they won't come back well what are you trying to do trying to build a social club you're trying to build a gathering for unbelievers are you trying to get people saved and get born again and get us all to grow in the fear of god to actually have reverence for the one who made us to understand our time here is short to understand people who reject them are going to be plummeted to hell and how tragic for someone to sit into a church for 20 years and never hear the gospel and die to go to hell imagine the judgment upon those they're supposedly bringing truth Later in that text on the White Throne Judgment, in verse 15 to 20, Revelation, he says, anyone not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. So they might have had some good works, but unless they repented and were registered in heaven by grace through faith in the Lord, your good works won't save you. So he says, listen, don't walk according to your heart and heart. Don't fall into that place where you don't see your sin or you see your sin and you don't care where you become futile in your thoughts and again darkened and then you begin to give being given over to a debased mind he says you know what you know you walk according to your impenitent heart which means you're not ashamed of your sin anymore and that's our culture today and we talked about it the last few weeks how we're in a culture that now celebrates sin it parades sin out If you call sin, sin, in so many places, you're booed and called wicked and evil. How dare you do that? We're celebrating this over here. That's a horrific place to be. Sodom was in that place right before they were judged. The Canaanites were in that place before they were judged. Israel was in that place before they were taken into captivity. Verse we look at oftentimes, Philippians 3, 18. For many walk of whom I told you often and now tell you even weeping. That their enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction. Notice, whose God is their belly, whose glory is their shame, who set their mind on earthy things. So in other words, they have an impenitent heart. They glory in their shame versus being ashamed of their sin that would lead them to Christ, who bore our sin and bore our shame. Verse 6, speaking of the Lord who will render on that judgment day, he will render to each one according to his deeds. Eternal life to those who by patient continuance and doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality. So again, eternal life to those who by their deeds, they continue on seeking glory, honor, and immortality. This is the picture of a life found in Christ. They've come to faith in the Lord. We're saved from faith to faith. We read there in Romans 1, 17. So they've come to the Lord. They haven't sought themselves. They've sought the Lord. They've put their faith in Christ. And then there's deeds that there's evidence that they're followers of Christ. And they seek to, again, bring glory, honor to the Lord. They're seeking for that immortality found only in Jesus Christ. And this is huge. They patiently continue in it. That's the mark of saving faith they press on i love what paul said in second timothy 4 7 i fought the good fight i finished the race notice here i've kept the faith it's where people get into just peace can you lose your salvation i don't believe you can i don't see that in scripture but i do believe there's a difference between saving faith and faith that's not faith at all and a saving faith going to be seen in one keeping that as they're kept by the lord himself and directing them along the way if they go astray or correcting them or getting them back up and so forth as they continue in the lord jesus christ and he says finally there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the lord the righteous judge will give to me on that day and not only to me but all those who have loved his appearing he says in verse eight of our text but those who are self-seeking and they don't obey the truth so again they shun the gospel they seek after their own ways they obey unrighteousness he says indignation wrath tribulation anguish will be on every soul of man who does evil to the jew first and to the greek and he's bringing this in because again these things we're talking about were the the pattern of most of these religious jews who had rejected the lord and ultimately again paul's reiterating what jesus had taught where he says in matthew sixteen twenty five, whoever desires to save his life will lose it and so he says if you seek to save your life you shun the truth you obey unrighteousness your own way your own scorecard the sins you practice wrath tribulation anguish indignation is on every soul who does evil and he says to the jew first he's saying don't think you have a past just because you're a genealogical jew and then to the genealogical greek there's a judgment There's salvation only found in jesus it's not going to be found outside of the lord it's not found through your scorecard your false gospel of pointing out other sins to exalt yourself It's not found in how you were born or your person or your ethnicity or whatever it is. And he says here again, if you obey unrighteousness, if you seek self versus Christ, indignation, wrath, tribulation and anguish rest on you. These are pictures of hell. Doesn't sound fun. And again, to the Jew first, then the Gentile. He's talking about again, their ethnicities here. Many of these Jews thought they were saved just through being Jews. And they were natural Jews, but at this point, they weren't spiritual Jews. Is Jesus your Lord this morning? Can you say amen to that? You're a spiritual Jew, according to the Scripture. Now, that doesn't mean God's done with the natural Jew. He's not. And don't mistake that. A lot of people get confused in these things. This book and others go into the fact that eventually natural Israel will come to a place of salvation. And all natural Israel, those left on earth during the tribulation at the end, they're going to become spiritual Jews indeed. They won't just be circumcised to flesh. Their hearts will be circumcised. But Paul's laying it down here. Don't think because you're a Jew and you know the law, you're saved. Because you point out the sins of a Gentile, you need to repent. Verse 10, he says, but glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good to the jew first and also to the greek again we can only work good things by faith in jesus christ and then we work under faith in jesus christ and what's he say glory honor and peace is going to be bestowed upon them jesus said in matthew 25 21 in giving the parable of the talents the one who invested two and brought back four the one invested five brought back ten the master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. That's God bestowing glory upon his saints that are about his business. Don't you want to hear that when you go to be with the Lord? It says they're going to have honor bestowed upon them. Jesus said in Matthew twelve twenty six, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, notice here, him my father will honor the father honoring us because we follow the lord that's amazing and then it says peace again upon those who work what is good peace it means to set at one again we've been set at one again through faith in jesus christ we're right with god through christ peace also means to rest oh thank you lord i think that we can get rest here on earth in the lord and I think of the days coming where we're just going to be able to rest. There's some days I just really look forward to that. But Jesus said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And In a like manner, he says this is to the Jew first, then to the Gentile. Why? Because the Jew had the law. They had first dibs on the gospel. Doesn't make them higher than any Gentile. But he's making this clear to these individuals that, again, want to walk in a self-righteousness. Yes, there's going to be a judgment first, but there's also salvation available to you first because you have first dibs on the gospel. Verse 11 through 13. He says, for there's no partiality with God. For as many have sinned without the law will also perish without the law and as many as have sinned in the law will be judged by the law. For not hearers of the law are just in the sight of God. But doers of the law will be justified. Again there's no partiality in God. Anyone who believes in the Lord has put faith in him. They have salvation. Again by grace alone. Through faith alone. In Jesus alone. There's no exceptions. God doesn't say oh not that group of people. Oh no not them. No whoever calls upon the name of the lord will be saved isn't that awesome no partiality in like manner listen well as all who call on them are saved all who reject them are damned jew and gentile alike sadly there are individuals that say today well jews are just saved out of an abrahamic covenant guys like john Heggy, heggie that dude's a full-on false prophet false teacher listen i'm part jewish myself and i in the natural sense and i think you tyrant you are preaching a false gospel to these jews just so you can have your hand in israel and look like a big shot these people need to know they're sinners they're damned to hell and they need to repent you think you're going to be saved because your genealogy you think that's going to get you through heaven you need your sins washed by the shed blood of jesus christ jew and gentile alike and we pray for the peace of israel we know god's work through israel we know israel will be saved but don't be worshiping israel or jews they need to get born again pray for their salvation is what you need to do the same is true for every gentile like as well even the self-righteous one who says well you know what i'm not like them i do this that and the other man you're a sinner and we're all sinners and you need to repent and again he says those without the law will be judged without the law and those who have sinned in the law will be judged by the law and some maybe will say well that's not fair they didn't have the written law well we've already seen and we'll see again in a second god's written his law on everyone's heart god gives us a conscience now people can sear that conscience and corrupt it we talked about that but god does give a conscience that shows us we are law breakers then verse 13, listen, many of these Jews thought they were saved simply because they had the law, that the law was written and given to them. But in truth, that is should have showed them all the more they needed a savior, because when you put the law of God before you and you start reading it, boy, I would hope no one would go, well, I've kept that. I kept that. I'm a pretty good guy. Look, you should read that and go, oh, woe is me. I broke that. I broke that. I broke that. And it teaches us what? We need a savior. That's the purpose of the law. The law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, Galatians 3 24. And then finally, verse 14 through 16. For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law unto themselves, who show the work of the law, notice, written in their hearts, their conscience always also bearing witness, and between themselves, their thoughts accusing or excusing them in the day when god will judge the secret the secrets of men by jesus christ according to my gospel so again he's saying those without the law have the law written on their hearts and there's evidence that it's written on their hearts listen in every culture in the world in the history of the world now some of them move to a Depraved sense state where there's next to no laws. But generally, and you'll see this, you go back far enough, in every culture, there are certain laws that are intact that are laws of God. If you kill someone, it's going to cost you your life. It's wrong to murder. If you steal something, you're going to get your hand cut off because that belongs to someone else. These are general laws you find around the world. Now, again, the lawless one is coming soon and there's a lot of lawlessness today but you tell a lie there's going to be a consequence marriage is instituted in almost every culture in history and in fact again the farther people get away from god the more that gets distorted but you're going to find these things throughout history why because god writes his law in people's hearts and they know that's wrong they also know it's wrong because who likes to be lied to who likes to be stolen from? Who likes to have their loved one, you know what, have their life taken from someone else? God writes these laws. So again, those without the law know they're law breakers, and then the question is, are they gonna grope for God? And some will say, Well, listen, the law shows them that that that, that they're justified. You know, they have the law written on their own. they're good people, so their conscience excuses them. Well, listen. We're all lawbreakers. And you might have some excusing there, but there's going to be accusing. I don't care if you got the law or not the law. You're going to be accused and you're going to be shown you're a sinner. On top of that, again, the truth of God is manifest in everybody. Creation shows us there's a creator. The Holy Spirit convicts all men of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Christ is the light that has come into the world before all men. And then we read this morning, God's provision is another witness and hear this all men everywhere all individuals when these things again are before them as they are and they begin to grope for them knowing they are sinners by the law of God written on their heart and know they need the Lord through the things created through the conviction of the Holy Spirit God is always faithful to meet them with the gospel of Jesus Christ I've talked about it many times look at The biggest revivals in the world are happening in places with the least amount of churches and missionaries. In many Islamic nations, there's great revivals happening through individuals just seeing their own sin and the bankruptcy of Islam. And many are having dreams, as prophesied would be the case in the last days, dreams of Christ appearing to them and then him telling them where to go to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we see this throughout the book of Acts the Ethiopian eunuch yeah he had the old testament but God sent Philip to preach him Jesus the fulfillment of those things as he grew for the Lord we know Cornelius was a man with an understanding of the old he didn't know of Christ God sent Simon Peter to preach him the gospel and we think of Paul they were wanting to go one place God forbid him and then he had a vision of a man of Macedonia saying come over and help us in a dark place with paganism and so forth And Paul went there and many revivals broke out as there were people there groping for the Lord. And notice verse 16, we close on it. Listen, in the day when God will judge the secrets of men by what? What's he going to judge them by? By their law? By their curb? By them saying, I'm righteous because they're unrighteous? No, they're going to be judged by Jesus Christ according to what? According to the gospel and what's the gospel what's the bad news we're sinners we're damned to hell what's the good news jesus lived a sinless life he died for our sins he rose from the grave and whoever calls upon the name of the lord will be saved have you called upon his name we need to call on his name let's stand up and we'll close in prayer well heavenly father we bless you we give you praise today we give you glory and honor we just thank you for your scriptures god i thank you for the gospel of jesus christ lord let us not fall into the trap god of lord again even comparing ourselves with others or trying to justify ourselves by others failures i pray we could be an honest people lord i pray that we would all see our great need for you not only for salvation but on our daily walks with you as followers of jesus christ help us in these things and if you're here today and you haven't called upon christ again today is the day of salvation you've heard the gospel over and over this morning call upon his name ask him to forgive you acknowledge your need for him put your trust in jesus as lord which means you want to follow the lord you want him to be your god i'm gonna tell you he'll meet you where you're at there's no partiality with the lord he stands ready to wash and forgive and cleanse we thank you lord we praise you god we thank you for this beautiful morning lord we want to lift our voices right now and give you praise let's worship him
1: So incredible, indescribable God, Jesus Christ, Lord of all. Holy, all God's children singing, holy, nothing left to say but holy. Oh. join the angels, come and join the song. children sing. Indivisible, God of man in one, incomprehensible, very God of God, Jesus Christ, Lord of all. An inconceivable, irresistible love, an indivisible
0: well well the Lord is good um, you know what a blessing to be gathered out here today listen we got half an hour or so before the next service encourage you to encourage others and to enjoy the fellowship as brothers and sisters in the Lord uh, I'll be up here with others if uh, anyone needs prayer this morning and again just pray you have a wonderful day in the Lord Jesus Christ god bless you
1: still you may